Um, how are you guys doing today? Good. Have you guys had a good week? Yes. Great week? Yes. Awesome. I, I got the uh, privilege of going up to New York City this past week. And uh, very first time exploring New York City, I didn't go downtown or to Manhattan. I didn't, I didn't see the Flatiron or Times Square or anything. I spent uh, my entire 24 hours in New York in Brooklyn, uh, even the more so in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And I went up there for one reason, and that was to hang out with C3 Brooklyn Church. And they are absolutely a wonder, like wonderful church. Uh, so cool. They have, they have three locations uh, in New York City. Uh, they have four services every Sunday morning. They have no permanent building, so everything is set up, tear down. Uh, it's mostly young adults. And I was just so blown away by what they're doing with the Lord in New York. And that's a huge value for me is to go out of town, get out of Nashville, go hang out with other pastors, go hang out at other churches so that... Um, you know, we can just see what God's doing in other places and be inspired and bring that back. And so for me, guys, honestly, I had never even dreamed about a multi-campus church uh, in Nashville ever, but I felt like God told me as I was on my way to New York in the plane, like, prepare for your heart to stretch wide for me to put more dreams inside there. And so I'm like, ah, I'm coming home dreaming. Like, what would it be like if we had like more legacies and more neighborhoods serving more people and offering up more worship to Jesus on Sunday and throughout the week? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming about it, and I want you guys to start to dream big for everything that God has put on your life for 2017, because I believe with all of my heart that God's not just doing that in my life, but God's doing that in the life of our community, and if you've spent a season not dreaming, could I encourage you to pick up that practice again? Because I really do believe with all my heart that 2017 is going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 23 year, where God goes above and beyond everything that we could ask, think, or even imagine. How's that for a practice? That's fun, right? Just imagine, just think about how big, like if God showed up and showed off in your life so big, like what would that look like? And then know that he has a plan to outdo that. And that's what we're declaring and proclaiming is 2017 in the life of this family. For you as an individual, for your family, for your family, for your nuclear family, and then even the, even the more so for your spiritual family, for all of us together, God's going to just do some amazing things in 17. So if you, if you set goals for your year, do it ASAP, all right? Because you want to give God enough space for the next few months to just trump your dreams. Because he's going to do it, man. It's an interesting thing that we say Trump, and then now Trump, you know, it's like, that's not what I was talking. I'm not talking about that God wants to Donald Trump your dreams. Say he, he wants to go above and beyond, okay? Clar clarify. I just want to clarify. Oh. Man, I'm excited about this morning. We're, we're shifting. We've got a new sermon series this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about wholehearted worship. Are you guys excited about this? Man, I'm excited. Um, we, we're a worshiping church, amen? amen? We're a worshiping church. That's one of the things that I, that I witnessed this past week um, uh, up in Brooklyn. I went to a team night, which we've had some team nights here in the past, and 
Essentially what it is, it's a church service with all of the team, the, the, the uh, servant leaders of the community. And I was surprised, man, because they were going for it. Like, I mean, it's just a staff leadership, volunteer, like hangout time. And dude, they were radical about their worship. And I was so inspired by that. I, I thought, you know, if we're not known for anything, let us be a safe place for people to get vulnerable with Jesus and give their all in worship on Sunday morning here. And I, I, I really want to see that. I know it takes a lot of courage to be wholehearted in your worship because it requires a lot of vulnerability, right? To be, to be demonstrative, to, 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 to lift your hands, to lift your voice, to maybe uh, step out and stand in the front. It requires vulnerability. Uh, it requires courage. But once more, that's why we're continually saying that we're a family. Because in a family, you're safe to worship how you feel to express yourself to heaven. So just know, I'm giving you a permission slip right now to just like express yourself courageously before God in worship here. All right. If you get if you get too crazy, don't worry. We'll tell you. You're know, like, hey, okay. All right. The line was back there. You know, you can't, <laughs> you can't do cartwheels on the stage and kick Michael in the. You know. Yeah. Okay. You can. <laughs> yes, you can. So. Uh, if you volunteer for that, just wait till the end, come up, all right? So the reason why we've been talking about family, guys, is because family is a huge core value for us at Legacy. It's, it's, it's one of our uh, primary um, passions, all right? But it's not just a passion, it's also a prophetic word. Uh, as God has spoken life into this community, he's consistently spoken life um, about family. Family is, is, is what we're supposed to be about. And there's another big core value in our family, and that is wholehearted worship. Uh, from the very beginning, guys, as long as we've been declaring family, God's really showed up in the life of our church as, as a community of wholehearted worshipers. And so as I shift and talk about wholehearted worship, I want you to know, keep in mind, it's still a huge core value. We're still talking about core values here at Legacy. Since, since we've been here um, in this facility, uh, the House of Blessing Church, for about four months, I think it's been, maybe a little bit less or longer, um, you know, we've, we've been here and, and we've merged and two churches have become one. And in that process, we decided to have a cleaning day a few weeks ago. How many of you guys were at the cleaning day? All right. Hey, thank you. All right. Let's just give these guys a hand. It's awesome. It's amazing, man. You know, you know, say, I'm going to have a cleaning day. It's like saying, I'm going to have a moving day. How many of you guys know that when you say, I'm going to move, you find out who your real friends are? <laughs> right? You know? And so you're like, hey, I'm going to move. You want to pick up some couches? You know? <laughs> it's, I, I'm, I'm suddenly busy on that day. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I really mean to admonish these legends that came out and helped clean up. And, and uh, we had fun, and, and we, we cleaned up. And um, over here in, in this wing, over here in this side, which is, is an office wing and uh, an educational uh, wing, there, there's a workroom over there. I don't know if you guys had ever peeked in there. I know the House of Blessing guys, they had, they had seen the workroom. And the workroom over there was so full of really neat relics from the past, 
I mean, there was, there was stuff over there that had probably been there for, I don't know, 20 or 30 years. You know, it was really neat to, to clean that out because, I mean, did you guys see that dumpster out here? I know it's not the nicest thing to look at when you're coming into church, but most of what's in that came out of that workroom, right? And uh, so it was, a, it was a lot of stuff. But what was really cool about um, cleaning out the space was the fact that I was in the hallway outside of the workroom, and some of the guys uh, from House of Blessing Church, I could hear them uh, sharing stories uh, with some of the stuff that they were discovering. They, they would pick up different uh, pamphlets or uh, informational booklets or tapes, uh, you know, cassette tapes of sermon series or messages that have been spoken here in the past. And they would swap stories, you know, talking about what God did here in the past. It was a really cool experience. And uh, I, I, I listened in, and, and I just was like, wow, like what a heritage, you know, what, what an inheritance uh, that we have here in this place. And, and one, of the, one of the things that, that we found uh, in the workroom, I, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to share this with you guys. Um, it, it, it's just this, it's this uh, pamphlet. It says, worship with us at House of Blessing. How many of you guys remember this if you have been at House of Blessing for a while? Okay, if you, okay so two of you guys. So... <laughs> This has, been, this has been around for a while then. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting uh, pamphlet. I opened it up and I, I started to, uh, I started, I started to like, read through it. And I found this to be very interesting because this was for, for visitors. This was given to visitors as they would come in. And what it is, it's, a, um, it's, it's an explanation. It's a biblical explanation of why the church worships the way that it does. It's really interesting. So as you open it up and as you look through it, the first thing you'll see is we praise him with singing. And it's got um, scriptures as to why they would sing aloud whenever they would worship. And the next one is we praise him by clapping and lifting our hands. Uh, we praise him with the shout. Come on. That's cool. You know, it's got, you know, it's got uh, scriptures in here. Psalm 33 and 3, sing to him a new song, play skillfully, and shout for joy. I like that. Uh, the next one is, we praise him with the dance. <laughs> I like that, right? That's cool. Uh, we praise him with musical instruments. And then it goes on to talk about spiritual gifts. It goes on to talk about prophecy and talks about healing and singing in the spirit. How cool is this? Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting. So I read through this, and, um, and I actually, I, I put it aside because I wanted to keep it. So I hope that's okay. Um, if somebody else, it's important to you, I'll give it to you. But, um, man, I, I thought that was really cool. I, I, as, I, as I read through it, I was like, man, this is, this is awesome, awesome to look at because I'm realizing that the church that we're now a part of, the worship here, man, must have been lively. I mean... Come on, right? If, if, if the church felt a need to give a pamphlet that explained the worship, I just think of what that was like. I don't know. You got House of Blessing, guys. Can I get an amen, right? It must have been, dude, it, I mean, it must have been quite lively because there's a, hey, you're about to hear some people singing in the spirit. You're going to hear some prophecy. Gonna, there's going to be some dancing, right? And so here's the scripture for why we do what we do. 
I, man, I think that's pretty cool. What do you guys think? And, you know, I, I love to read and to look at things like this from the past. Uh, to be honest with you guys, um, it, it, it just brings me great joy. It's like, uh, it's like going vintage shopping. You know, even if you can't buy anything, it's still fun to browse around and look at things from the past and, and to think about what life was like uh, when those things were used a lot. And that's, that's exactly what I was thinking about when I read that. Like, man, I wonder what the church was like. Man, what a cool experience that was. And what I realized as I was looking through it is how fun it is for us to remember, right? For us to remember the good times, for us to think back on the great seasons that we've had in life, that we've had in church, that we've had in family and community, that we've had in the spirit, that we've had in prayer. How many of you guys would say it's really fun to remember those things, right? It's a good thing. And there's something that happens to us. I spent a good deal of time this week studying this, but there's something that happens to us in our hearts. There's something that happened to, happens to us in our soul when we start to remember, um, remember these, these good times that we have. And uh, for some of you guys, you, know, uh, you guys raise your hand. For some of you guys, you see that not just as a, as a booklet, but you relive the experience. You know, and I, I know for you guys at House of Blessing, you're like, man, that, I relived that like it was yesterday, right? I remember what that was like in here. And it's super fun to do that. And I think that's one of the reasons why you guys ever, um, you guys ever went to Disney World, you rode a roller coaster, and then when you get off, they have those funny pictures of you like making crazy, scary faces. Um, they take your picture on the roller coaster. You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, I gotta get that. And they're like, $122. <laughs> right? <laughs> and your kids are there, and you're like, you throw it in the bag, you know? <laughs> why? Why do, we buy, why, do we, why do we buy those photos, right? Because we want to relive the experience, right? We want to have that. We want to put it there, like, on our mantle, and when people come over, we want to recount uh, what happened to us on that crazy roller coaster in Orlando with the family, and, and all of a sudden, you're sharing a story, right? You're sharing a testimony, in a sense, and so you want to relive it, but I would say even the more, more so, like, you don't want to forget it, right? You want to remember it. You don't want to forget those times. For those of you guys who've read this, you know, you hold on to stuff like this. We keep precious memories. Why? We want to relive them, and we also don't want to forget them, right? And so as I, as I considered that, looking, looking at, at this, I realized, isn't it a problem that we forget a lot, right? Um, we forget our keys, how many of you guys know that's the worst, right? Forgetting your keys. Um, but, you know, it's even worse if you forget your friend's birthday, right? How about this one? Forgetting your anniversary. Don't want to do that. Um, I have a ring. My wedding ring has the Roman numerals of the date that we got married. Wisdom right there. <laughs> never, <laughs> never forget it, right? And, you know, as, as, um, as I thought about this handout, I, I thought about you guys who are here that, that, you know, you had that experience. I thought about that. But you know what I also thought about was the people who have, have forgotten the handout, right? Um, better yet, the people who have forgotten the experience that they had with God in the church. And even the more so, the people who have forgotten God entirely. You know, they, they, they were here. They read that handout. You know, they were here. They experienced that worship. They were here. They experienced that community, but now they have forgotten it completely. Maybe they've walked away from the Lord. 
There's an interesting connection in the Bible about remembering what God has done in our lives and how that connects to wholehearted worship. Because as we remember what God has done in our lives, it's very easy for us to worship wholeheartedly. So how many of you guys know that wholehearted worship is a simple byproduct of being grateful? It's very easy to give God your everything when you're thinking about how good he's been to you. Amen? When you remember, okay? So what I want to do in this like kind of kickoff message here is just, is just connect, all right, what we remember from, from what God's done yesterday with our wholehearted worship today, all right? That's, that's what I want to talk about. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Deuteronomy 6, um, verse 4 through 9. Uh, you guys have heard me talk a lot about this passage in the past if you've been around for a while. But this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's, um, it's, it's what's called the Shema, all right? And um, I've done an extensive amount of research on the Shema because I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by it. Um, it's something that, that, I, that I actually pray over my son every night before he goes to bed. I pray this, I pray this passage. So Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 through 9 says this. Hear, O Israel. Everybody say, Hear. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Everybody say, remember, Remember. right? Isn't that what God's getting at? You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So, Father, I just want to say thank you for your word this morning as we talk about wholehearted worship and remembering what you've done for us. God, I pray that you would go ahead and start stirring us up even right now to think on the testimony of our life and what you've done um, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this, uh, this passage of Scripture, right? We all know this passage of Scripture uh, is something that Jesus actually quotes in the New Testament when he's asked, hey, rabbi, hey, teacher, Jesus, you know, you're doing all this cool stuff. Hey, what is actually the first and the greatest commandment of the entire law, of everything that we study, our holy scriptures, what would you say is the first and the greatest? And Jesus responds by saying, here's the first and here's the greatest commandment of the entire law. Notice that he says, it's not a suggestion, all right? He's not saying, hey, if you feel like it, hey, if you become mature enough in the spirit, then do these things. He's giving a commandment. And he's saying, here, O Israel. That means he's including all of God's people, okay? He's not leaving anybody out. He's not saying, hey, this lifestyle here, this is reserved for the religious elites. This is reserved for the spiritual savants among us, you know, the ones who were just born with this extraordinary supernatural skill set. He's not saying that. He's saying this is for everybody, all of God's people. He says, here. Everybody say, Shema. That's the word here, Shema, okay? And so in the Jewish context, to to listen but to not act meant that you did not hear it at all, all right? And so when he says, 
Hear, O Israel, he's saying Shema, O Israel. He's saying, hey, you're about to hear something, but the purpose of me sharing this with you is not just so that you can retain some information, but so that you can act on what I'm about to say. All right, so he's saying, hey, an action is required here. This is not just some fancy scripture, you know, that you, that you write, you know, you inscribe, that you put over your mantle, you know, you burn the edges with the lighter so it looks really pretty. Right? He said, hey, I intend for you to act on this. So I'm saying, here, because I'm, I'm capturing your attention and I'm not just looking for your attention, but I'm looking for your action, all right? And he says, you shall, right? Everybody say commandment. Amen. Commandment. He says, you shall love, right? He's teaching us here to worship our God, to worship our God with our whole heart. Everybody say whole heart. Because that's what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about worshiping God with the fullness of our being, with the fullness of our internal world, with the fullness of our heart. That's the kind of worship that God desires. He doesn't want half-hearted, right? He doesn't want half-hearted, right? He wants wholehearted worship. He wants the fullness of our internal world. And so when he says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. We know this. This is an infamous passage of scripture. But he goes on to begin to talk about the rest of the passage. And the whole purpose of the rest of the passage is that you do not forget but that you remember everything that he just said about loving and worshiping your God wholeheartedly, all right? So you got, you got this, you know, you got this big major commandment. I think we've established that, that this is what Jesus says is, you know, it's the penultimate uh, commandment in the law. He says, this is the first. <clears throat> it's, the, it's, it's the very first one comes first in the line, and it's also the greatest. It's the most important for you to remember. So he says, here, this is how you're gonna remember it. So he starts to talk about how to remember it. The Bible is teaching us here that our ability to remember what God has done is directly linked to our ability to worship him with the fullness of our hearts. Let me say it again. Our ability to remember what God has done in our lives is directly linked to our ability to worship him wholeheartedly. Yes, with me. When we remember what God has said, we can worship him wholeheartedly. When we remember what God has done, it gives way to wholehearted worship. And so that's why God says, hey, listen, I want your wholehearted worship, but I also don't want you to forget. So here's how you're gonna remember. I want you to remember these commands by keeping them in your heart, all right? What does that mean? It means to think about them. It means to meditate on them. It means to contemplate them. It means to consider them, right? He says, when, when would you consider them? How do you consider them? First, by teaching them to your kids. Teach them to your kids. I want you to teach this commandment to your kids. The reason why I, I pray this scripture over my son every night from the very beginning, hear, O Israel, I say that to my kid in the crib. He probably, you know, he probably doesn't know what I'm saying yet. And maybe even as he gets a little bit older, he's like, why are you calling me Israel? You know? And I'll get to explain that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, right? Teach them to your kids. Did you know that this is actually the very first prayer that young Jewish children uh, learn? It's the very first one. The reason why I, I pray it over my son at night is because um, 
based on my study, I, I found that, that Jewish parents often pray this over their children at night. And this is one of the very first things that a baby receives prayerfully after it's born. Because why? It's the first and it's the greatest, right? Because they're saying, hey, God wants your life. He wants your wholehearted worship. So I want you to take this command. I want you to teach it to your kids. Then it says, talk about them at home, right? We shouldn't just talk about this commandment to worship wholeheartedly at church. We should talk about this around the dinner table. We should talk about it with our spouses. We talk about it with our friends. Then he says, talk about it when you're walking, right? I mean, a lot of us, we don't, we don't walk all over Nashville today, right? But we drive, and so I think that we could connect it to that. Think about God's desire for your wholehearted worship as you're driving to work in the morning. Think about God's desire for your wholehearted worship when you're on your evening commute going back home. Man, God, God really desires the fullness of my heart. Why, why don't I just get vulnerable and real and authentic right now before the Lord and I just turn the day back into worship to him in my car on 65 because I'm gonna be here for a while because the traffic's getting worse every month in Nashville. <laughs> right? God wants the fullness of my heart. So, you know, consider that when you're driving. It says, when we go to sleep, think about this, all right? God's not really leaving a lot of space, is he? He's, he's like, I really want you to remember this, guys. I really want you to think about this. My desire for your life, if you do not know what the will of God is for your life, know this, that God's desire for your life is to receive wholehearted worship from you. Not half-hearted. God's desire for your life is he wants fullness of your heart in worship. That's what he wants. That's what his will is for your life. So he said, I want you to think about this when you go to sleep. If you don't have a nighttime routine, you know, maybe you can start one. New Year's coming up. You know, you make a resolution. Read this passage. Think on this passage. Take a few deep breaths. Think about the fact that God wants your wholehearted worship and love and ask him, hey, give me grace, God. I want to love you with my whole heart. That's what he's teaching us. He says then, um, you know, think about it as well. When you wake up, first thing you do in the morning. You know, I think, I think, I think the enemy uh, would love to steal away our joy before our feet ever hit the ground in the morning. Uh, in, in, in many ways, by provoking us to envy and jealousy and strife as we look at Facebook. You know, and so I think one of the best practices that we could institute as a result of this commandment of Scripture is to vow, like, hey, I don't want to look at social media until I give God some worship. Even if it's just one minute, you know, even if it's just 30 seconds, like, take a minute and breathe. Acknowledge the fact that you are a son, you are a daughter of God, and the, the primary purpose of your day, you know, is to give God wholehearted worship. And you, you start that, I mean, I... I did this for a season. I haven't been doing it recently, but I did this for a season where I actually took my phone, I put it in another room because I had such a bad habit of first thing in the morning, you know, getting the phone, looking at it, scrolling through Instagram. One of my friends calls that his daily dose of envy. <laughs> you, you, you look at it, you're like, ah, why is that person doing that? And then you're mad. Your whole day started like that. Right? So, I mean, God's first and most important, right? Yeah? yeah. Right? So I think, I, think it's a, I think it's a healthy practice. I think that if, uh, you know, I think if Jesus was teaching this today, he, you know, he, he may say that to us. 
I think he'd have a sermon series on the smartphone. To be honest, I don't know. Hey, maybe that's the that's sermon series next month, right? I, I saw this meme. Somebody said, God sees the heart. And then it said at the bottom, and the explore page. You ever been on that explore? Woo! Stay off that explore page. You keep your purity in check, especially for the, for, especially for the guys, man. Yesterday, I tagged something about Kylie Jenner because I, I uh, posted a picture of my son because he has lips, you know, that are better than Kylie Jenner's. So beautiful. And so I was like, hashtag, you know, Kylie Jenner lips. Like, what? And then I was like, I better check that. Dude, you got what? The gram, dude. I got to be careful out there, right? Oh, my bad. I, I forgot to give the, the, the disclaimer message rated R, okay? For real people that have real problems who need some real grace from a real Jesus. <laughs> hey, thank you. So as the scripture continues, he talks about uh, binding them, you know, binding them around your arm and placing it as a frontlet uh, for your eyes. Now, some scholars would say that this was figurative in the commandment, but there's a lot of devout uh, Jewish men today who've taken this literally. And you may actually have seen some pictures on the internet of like a leather strap wrapped around the arm and then a leather box that's on the forehead. That's actually from this passage. The, uh, that's called uh, Teflon is what that is. And it has this scripture written on parchment paper and put inside of that box on their forehead. How's that for devotion, right? They took this seriously. This is meant to be taken seriously. It's not something that we just get like nostalgic about or sentimental about, right? So, um, we're told to remember God's command to worship him wholeheartedly by writing this, this is the last one, by writing this command on the doorpost of our home and on our gates. Um, I stayed in Williamsburg this past week in New York and uh, where, where I was, uh, I actually stayed in a Jewish neighborhood. I didn't mean to, it was accidental. I found out I was in a Jewish neighborhood. Um, I, I, you know, I kind of look Jewish. I don't have the ringlets, but you know, I thought, oh, it's, it's cool, I, I think I fit in. And um, every door, every hotel door uh, has like, um, has this written. I, I don't know, what are these called? Somebody who knows? A mezuzah. Every, every hotel door has these. And I was like, this is awesome. What a really cool place to stay as I prepare to preach this week. Because I just walked in every day and I'm like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So that's why they put it there. It's a reminder. Hey, this is, the, this, is, this is what God wants. This is the most important thing. Wholehearted worship. Somebody say wholehearted worship. Wholehearted. So it's important to God that we remember. And it's important for us that we remember. And he gives us this command to, to worship him wholeheartedly and then gives us a second command. Hey, don't forget this, right? So um, what happens when, when we forget? right? What, what, what happens? Um, I believe with all my heart that the enemy's plan is to do everything that he can to get us to forget our God experiences and our God prophecies. He doesn't want us to remember anything good in our lives. I believe that with all my heart. You guys know that the enemy cannot stop God from speaking to you? Amen? The enemy cannot stop God from speaking to you, but he can do everything 
in his power to try to get you to forget what God spoke to you. The enemy can't stop you from worshiping, but you know he does his best to get you to forget a reason for the worship. Oh, that you're just going through the motions. Oh, this is just, you know, this is just religious service. Oh, you're just punching your Tom clock. What's the purpose of going in and worshiping anyway, right? So there's something that happens to us when we forget. And I, I started to look up and do some study on, on forgetting. And there's actually in psychology something um, around, around the uh, concept of forgetting called fragmenting. Have you, have you guys ever heard of this? Perhaps some of you guys have. But fragmenting is what happens when, 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 you know, we have bad experiences in life, when we have traumatic experiences in life, because what we do is we start to separate pieces of ourselves. We start to separate pieces of our identity. And, uh, you know, we have, these, we have these good things in our life that have happened, but as a result of trauma, as a result of pain, as a result of heartbreak, we start to separate ourselves from those things. We start, to, we start to fragment. We start to, you know, piece uh, uh, out. And, 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 and we just, we're just not whole. You guys get what I'm saying here? And that's what forgetting is. Forgetting is fragmenting. We, you know, we start to break apart. And uh, fragmentation, what it is uh, psychologically, is it's just a result of traumatic experiences. And I think with everything in me, the enemy really partners with trauma in our lives to try to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen the good experiences, the God prophecies, the God words that have happened in our lives to keep us from remembering those things so that we can stay broken apart, not whole, and not giving God wholehearted worship. I, that's, I, I truly believe that. And so when we fragment, we forget what God has done in our lives and the commands that he's given to us. When we forget, we fragment ourselves and separate from our God experiences and no longer worship him wholeheartedly. That's what happens when we forget. On the other hand, when we remember, right, if you're gonna worship God wholeheartedly, you've got to remember. You have to. You've got to refuse to let go of the God words in your life. You must refuse to let go of your God experiences. You can't forget them. The difference in forgetting and remembering is that when we forget, we fragment, and we were, when we remember, we, this is gonna sound overly simple, re Remember, right? We put the, the pieces of our God vision back together again. We take the members, the pieces, right, of our God prophecies and we put them back together again. I don't think you guys are getting this. So, right? And so a lot of times what happens when we feel heartache or we feel pain or we feel regret or we feel that we have fragmented, right? Where we're, where we're like, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't even know why I come to church. I don't even know why I engage in community. I don't even know why I'm a part of this family. I don't even know why I go and lift my hands. You've forgotten. You've forgotten the God experiences in your life. You, you've forgotten where God has brought you from. You've forgotten the God words that were spoken over your life, the prophecies that were released over your life. You've forgotten about those things. And what you need to do is you need to remember. You need to take these pieces, these prophecies, these words, these experiences, and remember them. Put them back together again so you can have a full vision and have a whole heart as you bring worship to your God. You guys with me on this? So that's why that remembering is directly connected to our ability to worship God with our whole heart. 
because the enemy tries his best to get us to forget what God has said in our lives because he knows that if he can get us to forget, he can get us to stop worshiping wholeheartedly. As some of you guys, um, you, you know this story about me. Some of you guys don't. But uh, for me, I, I mean, I, when I was saved, guys, at 21 years old, I was saved not as the result of a Bible study. I wasn't saved as a result of Christian television. I wasn't saved as a result of somebody, you know, who, uh, who was friends with me, bringing me to church with them. I was saved as the result, honestly, of the Holy Spirit constantly pursuing me for months on end, even after I tried to reject and reject and reject. I'm dead serious, you guys. I'd be on road trips, driving home, and I would feel like the Holy Spirit would just fill up my truck and would start to remind me of the God words and the God prophecies that were released over my life when I was 10. Seriously. And he would say, don't you remember? Don't you remember? Don't you remember whenever that evangelist was traveling and, and came through and you were 10 years old and you were in the back trying to ignore what he was saying and he called you out and he said, hey, Lyle, come up here. I wanna pray over you. I wanna prophesy over you. God has a plan over your life. You're called to preach the gospel. You're called to operate in the power of God. You're called to see miracles. You're called to raise the dead. You're called to cleanse the lepers. See, while you know, the enemy may try to steal that seed from our, uh, from our head, you know, God has placed that seed deep within our spirits. And it's there. And so as this started to happen for these, you know, these few months, um, you know, I was, I was abusing drugs. I was an alcoholic. I was depressed. I was possessed. I mean, I, dude, I was mean-spirited. I, I, I would fight people. I'd been arrested a ton of times. I know this is not polite to share always, but, man, I was just a, I was a, a, just a very angry person, right? It's just super angry. And as the Holy Spirit would come, I'd be like, no. I don't want, to, I don't remember that. I used to intentionally not read my Bible because I did not want any seeds to be deposited into my heart because I knew I would be responsible for what I read. I used to like, no, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to hear any messages. I don't want to listen to any podcasts because I don't want to be responsible when that stuff comes back up again. When I start to remember that and realize that, man, God's demanding something as a result of that seed that was deposited. Like, I don't, uh, 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 forget. No, 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 no. Walls. No, Holy Spirit, go away, go away. I don't want anything to do with church. I don't want to talk to God. I'll get saved when I'm 40. I'll sit in the back row. I'll tithe. I'll go to heaven. But until then, leave me alone. I'm, I'm dead serious, you guys. That was my plan. That, that, was my, that was my life plan. Have all the fun. And I don't know why I picked 40, but I was like, I'll get saved when I'm 40. And, you know, I was, I was honestly in a drug-infested apartment uh, at 21, and I thought the cops uh, were getting ready to kick in my door, and surprisingly, it was Jesus. I'm dead serious. I thought the cops were there. I thought, oh, boy, this is not a good time. I went, I went and looked at, at the window, and I said, oh, I, I, there's somebody here, and, and, I, and, I, and there's nobody standing there. And then it was like, Jesus just walked through the door, man. The presence of God filled that apartment. I immediately broke. I, I immediately was convicted. I immediately started to cry. I ran to my kitchen. <clears throat> I took drugs. I, I, went to the, I went to the bathroom. I started flushing it all uh, down the toilet. I could not keep forgetting anymore. I had an encounter with God that was so strong that it reminded me of who I really was in Christ. It reminded me of my true identity in the Lord. It reminded me of what I actually was called to become. 
And I said, what the heck am I doing? I'm surrounded by drugs. I'm surrounded by alcohol. I'm, surra- I'm surrounded by all this, these, these terrible choices. This is not who I am. This is not who God has made me to be. This is not what my life is supposed to be like. I remember what God wants from my life, and that is wholehearted worship, and that doesn't look like me going to church. I knew that even as an unsaved person. It looked like me giving myself completely over to God, everything about me, heart, body, soul, spirit, money, job, time, energy, because, you know, God doesn't want just a little bit of you. God wants the whole thing. God doesn't want just your Sundays. He wants every day. He doesn't want just a few hours. He wants every hour. That's what God wants. And so, you know, this whole time in my life, yeah, the enemy was doing his best to fragment me. He was throwing curveballs at me. Uh, you, some of you guys here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Just even as of late, you've been through terrible, crazy, traumatic experiences that God did not intend for your life. But the enemy is working hard at trying to get you to forget who you really are. He's trying to get you to forget the God prophecies that have been spoken over your life by men and women of God in times past. God's, you know, God's wanting to remind you of what he spoke over you in times of prayer, in times of encounter with him when you were in the secret place and you didn't care who was watching you, but you were just worshiping. And God said, you're called to this. Now's the time to remember, guys. God's bringing that up right now. I know some of you guys in here right now, you're already thinking, man, I remember God spoke this to me. And I thought he forgot about it. God said he didn't forget about it. God said he didn't misplace that word in your life. But it's just for such a time as this, all right? You you were discouraged because it didn't happen immediately. That was seed that was sown. The seed was in the ground. It wasn't that, you know, there wasn't anything happening. It's just that it was blooming. It was blossoming. And now's the season for fruitfulness on that word. And that's why you're remembering it. When I remember that, you guys, for me personally, and whenever I got saved, you guys know some of my story there, but dude, I was the craziest, weirdest, wildest, silliest worshiper that you, could see, that, that you would see in church. I, I was, we were, we were in, uh, in Kentucky uh, last week. I was speaking there on a Wednesday night, and there was a guy there who had left church, all right? He was a dear friend of mine. He was a sweetheart. His name was, his name was Philip, actually, and he um, and he was, the, he was the first person that could worship me under the table. And I thought, man, I got to be friends with this guy. This guy is wild. Okay, when he came into church, you guys, he didn't have anything except the shirt on his back. I'm, I'm not kidding. He was a meth dealer, all right? He was a meth addict. He, was, he, was not, he didn't graduate. He wasn't, he wasn't well, all right? He just, he just found Jesus. And... And so my dad gave him a bunch of church clothes and none of them fit him. And they would hang off of him. And the shoes were too big. He had to wear two or three pairs of socks. But he would get dressed up and he would button up and they were just baggy. And he would come to church and he would worship. And when the music would turn up and everybody would dance, I, I kid you not, he would run from the back and he would jump. Not, he wouldn't take the stairs. He would jump onto the platform, and because my dad's shoes that he gave him were really old, they are really slippery, and he would slide. He would go, shh, and he'd go, woo, shh, 
and then he would run to, I'm not kidding you guys, and then he would run back, and then he would jump right here, and then he would go, shh, woo! I'm, I'm, dead, I'm dead serious, I'm dead serious. And uh, you, you guys, I mean, I love this dude, man. He was, he was like that dude you could count on. That He was an instigator. You guys know what I'm talking about? You ever been around somebody as a worship instigator? It's like you think you're gonna come to church and you're not gonna worship, and then they're like, they sit by you and you're like, dang. Because <laughs> they're like, holy ghost, let's get, and they're like, come on, what's wrong with you? You know, let's go. You know what I'm talking about? You ever sit next to one of those people? You're like, you thought you were going to get away with no worship? That dude was that guy. He said, shh, woo. You know, and that was him. I, I'm, I'm not lying to you. And um, what's crazy about this guy, and, and I know he wouldn't mind me sharing this, but can I tell you guys the truth? Like I moved away. I moved down here. We planted down here. The truth, here's the truth about Philip. He, Philip fell in some really hard times in his life. And you know what happened? He forgot. He forgot about what God did in his life. He forgot about what God delivered him from. He forgot about the things that, that God had spoken over him. And he left. He, he left community. He left church. He went back to drugs. He went back, you know, to <clears throat> different things in his life. And um, guys, God's restored him right? He's back as a part of church and worshiping and everything, and he's still, he's still got a lot of stuff happening in his family, but he's rooted, right? And he's still worshiping, and he was at church. He's a, he's, he, he's a beekeeper, funny enough, right? And he brings me honey when we go up there. He's a good guy. And um, last Wednesday, we were at uh, Legacy Owensboro, and worship was lit, and it was awesome. And uh, I was just out there just worshiping, man, going for it. And then here comes Philip. I said, dude, get away from me. <laughs> I don't know what you're about to stir up. Just get away, all right, okay? And then he nudges me. He's like, hey, remember that time when we waved that pink flag all over the church? <laughs> and I'm like, I thank God there's no pink flags up here. Because that he was the instigator, man. And, 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 uh, and I'll be honest, because I was right here, and there was a pink flag, and it had gold tassels, and some of you guys know the story, because I've shared it before, but worship that morning was, like, really slow, and people were just like, yeah, okay, you know, hallelujah, and Philip walked up to me. I was up here in the front, because we were the two you know, fire starters, and uh, he tapped me on the shoulder. He said, hey, the Lord said, if you pick up that flag right there, and you start going crazy, that he's going to bring breakthrough in this place, and people are going to get set free and delivered, and people are going to get baptized. And um, <laughs> it's a pink flag, man. Gold tassels. I mean, I'm excited about God, man, but like, whew, this is a tough word. You're trying to get me to lay down my dignity, bro. It's a pink flag. It's got glitter on it. It says like shalom, you know. I, was, I, was, I, I thought to myself, I said, I ain't doing this. And, and I looked back at him. I said, well, there it is, big boy. <laughs> and he looked at it. He looked back at me. He said, mm-mm, the Lord says you. <laughs> I thought to myself, I don't even know if this is a word from the Lord or not. But if I do this and something happens, 
hey, you know, it's all going to be gain. God's going to get some glory. And if nothing happens, I'll just become more humble. So I, I thought about it and I thought, this is really a win-win situation. Counted the cost, picked up that flag. And I'm going to tell you guys, I went nuts. I looked around, I was like, Shh. <laughs> and then you know how you, when you, <laughs> I slowed it down. <laughs> Laid it down. Twirled it. <laughs> Twirled it. <laughs> you could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just stood there. I was like, oh man. Oh, no way. And some people were kind of looking like, he just got saved, all right? He just got saved. God delivered him from a lot, okay? <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, all right, whatever. And I was kind of, I was like low-key embarrassed. So I just closed my eyes, and I was like, all right, God, well, you know, just have your way. And so, you know, they kept worshiping a little bit, and this guy, uh, his, his name is Paul. He had really religious upbringing, and, and he was just like, you know, really staunch and really dogmatic about what he believed. And, and uh, he, he was just like a hard shell to crack, you know. He just, he came to church, but it was, it was more like religion by his own admittance, right? And um, about five minutes later, he runs up to the front. I mean, this is a very, like, like, stoic guy. He runs up to the front, and he takes the microphone. And he, I remember, he went down to the same step where I waved that flag. And with tears in his eyes, he said, for a long time, uh, God has been speaking to me about getting baptized and I haven't done it because I was baptized as a kid and because of my religion, religious beliefs, I said that once was enough and I wasn't going to humble myself to be baptized again in front of a bunch of people because I needed to, you know, prove my spirituality and my power. And he said, today I want to get baptized. And so we had a spontaneous baptism. This dude didn't even have... Um, clothes. He didn't have a, t no, he didn't have anything. He just had his dress clothes on. And so he got up and was baptized spontaneously during the worship that day. And after he, you know, after he was baptized, he, he come up and for one of the first times in his life, he started to sing in the spirit. He started to, he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And, and then somebody else came up during the baptism and they said, Hey, uh, pastor Jeff is my dad. Can I get baptized too? God's been working on me about getting baptized. And he said, yeah, you can get baptized. And he said, we don't have any clothes. That's fine, just jump in. So he just jumped in. And then there was somebody else that came up. They said, and they were crying. I said, I, I feel like I need to get baptized today. I was baptized as a kid myself, but I need to get baptized. They said, all right, well, get in. They got baptized. And then Philip, who had already been baptized a month earlier, said, Whew, well, I'm getting baptized, you know? And he said, dude, you don't need, you don't have to get baptized again right now. No, I'm getting baptized, you know? So he jumped in and he got baptized. And, you know, I'd been baptized as a kid myself and I thought, man, maybe God wants me to get baptized. And I said, well, you know, hey, there ain't gonna be any harm in it. You can't, you know, I don't think you can get dunked too much. So I went and got baptized. And guys, 
18 people got spontaneously baptized on a Sunday morning, supernaturally and spontaneously by the Spirit of God, as a result of just, you know, some wholehearted worship. Now, you know, why would somebody do that? Why, why would somebody worship like that? Here's why. Because you remember where God has brought you from. You remember where you were when God found you. You remember, you know, that apartment that was infested uh, with drugs and didn't have any hot water. And then that season that you were living out of your car and you were overdosing on heroin and uh, the, your, your, the lining of your stomach, you were puking it out every day because of how addicted to drugs you were. This is my story. So how hard is it to wave a pink flag with gold tassels? after you lived out of your car and was addicted to drugs. It's seemingly super easy after that because of what God has done. Because there's nothing that he's not worth, right? So, and I'm gonna have the worship team come back because we're gonna do one more song. But some of us, some of us in here, guys, some of us in here, we've forgotten you know, like, like the story I shared about Philip, you know, and I think we go through seasons and cycles, right, with our, with our Christian life, but we've forgotten. We've forgotten where God brought us from. We've forgotten where we were when God found us. We forgot about the God words that he's spoken over our life. We've forgotten about the God prophecies that other people have released into our life. And I'm telling you guys, God wants our wholehearted worship, but we're only gonna be able to give that wholehearted worship if, if we're willing to remember That's where we start. We don't, have to, we don't start with anything fancy. We don't have to start with, here's why you should lift your hands or you know, here's why you should come up front or, or here's why you should do this or do that. All I'm saying is remember. Because if you remember, that'll, that'll be all you need to give God your whole heart. Remembering is the catalyst to wholehearted worship. So I just wanna invite you guys to stand. And th this is why I wanted to, in this, just in this month of talking about wholehearted worship, I really felt the Holy Spirit told me to start here because before we talk, any, we talk about anything else, guys, I just want you to take a moment. I just want you to remember. Remember what God has done. Remember what God has said. Some of you guys in here are called to, to be missionaries. Some of you guys are called in here to be pastors. Some of you guys are called in here to preach the gospel. Some of you guys are called in here uh, to, to be in business. Some of you guys are called in here to be in entertainment. And, and these are like God words that God has spoken over you, but you've laid them down in a season because life's caused you to fragment and forget. So what we're gonna do this morning is we're gonna sing one song. And during this song, guys, what I wanna ask you to do, I want you to remember. I want you to put the pieces back together again and give God one radical song of wholehearted worship. You guys wanna do that together? Awesome. So just bow your head, close your eyes real quick. just we just remember right now just just think about where God has brought you from how you how you came to this place this season of your life where you would be without the grace of Jesus where you'd be without the blood without the cross without his mercy without what he accomplished there
pieces just come back together. And as you think about those words, and as you think about what your calling and your purpose in the Lord, I just want you to just fill your heart, just begin to swell with gratitude and thankfulness. Just, just fill your heart and how thankful you are and how grateful you are. And, and just as it swells, we're, we're just gonna get ready. We're gonna worship and I want you to lift your voice. The lyrics are gonna be you know, on the wall. Just lift your voice and sing from that place of just wholehearted gratitude. Sing from that place of your heart just busting at the seams with thankfulness for what God has done in your life. So let's just lift our heads. Let's just lift our hands and let's just begin to worship together. And we're just going to sing out in thankfulness. That's how we're going to finish today, guys.